We are back. It is the Fire Zone Show preseason edition. Uh, first preseason game in the books. Ravens kept the uh, preseason winning streak alive. I forget what it's up to now. 21, 22? 21, yeah. 21, okay. They, they took care of the Titans. I think it was 23-10 was the final score uh, last Thursday night at Bank. I'm joined, as always, by Denar Melton, the Fire Zone Show himself. How you been, man? I've been good, sir. Good, good, good. Been excited to see what this team has done in the first couple of weeks of, of preseason, and and I I was not disappointed by what I saw. Yeah, we're gonna talk about the defense tonight. Kind of go back over it, share some thoughts. Uh, I was down in North Carolina, down in Charlotte, so I I didn't see the whole game live. I think I saw like the first half, and then. When we got back in town here in Maryland, I, I kind of went back and rewatched, and uh, yeah, there was there was a lot a lot to like. So let's get right into it. Uh, we'll kind of keep with our, our regular season format where we go through each of the position groups and kind of just talk about guys that that caught our eye, um, you know, positively or negatively. <laughs> Either way, uh, but this one this this first group was starting defensive line. This is totally where we start. Um, I was really excited about what I saw from this group, uh, but I'll, I'll let you share your thoughts first. What do you think about how the, the defensive line group played? I was pleasantly surprised how up the field they were and how aggressive they were at a point of attack and not playing to the linebackers, like letting, letting the play kind of play through them. So that was really, you know, really good to see. And the rush was was good. Um, I don't think it was anything to write home about, but once again, this is a combination thing. Rush, coverage, coverage, rush, kind of playing hand in hand. And that's going to be even bigger now as we saw that they weren't blitzing a heck of a lot up front. So um, I like what I saw up front. I really like Travis Jones, like everyone is talking about. Um, I think as a whole, they really showed out a little bit. I, I like what Michael Pierce was about. He got his work done. So I, I, overall, I was I was pretty happy. Yeah, you, you mentioned the, the not blitzing a ton. So this game, a little bit different than the Giants' defense in their first preseason game. <laughs> oh my goodness! My <laughs> man, my man said the playbook was like, you know what? Let's dump this whole thing out right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was like in a in a practice, you know, where you know somebody's bad at something, and they're like, all right, we we about to bring everything. I know we supposed to work, we supposed to run off these cards, but we about to bring everything. <laughs> It, it, it's preseason. We're up four. We're blitzing everybody. Yeah. <laughs> we know as Ravens fans, Wink was here the last few years. Is there DC? That's what they're going to do. So they're working on what they're going to do. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. For the, defense, for the defensive line, for me, um, I think the thing that got me excited was from the ones to the threes, everybody made a play. Right. I mean, there, there, it certainly wasn't perfect. 
you can look at certain plays and and, and want to see a little bit more consistency or a little bit better execution. But with each um, say line, it's not like hockey, but with, whether you were one or two or three, each one of those guys made a play, right? Yeah. Starting with the guys who started off with Pierce and then Broderick Washington and then Travis Jones and then Aaron Crawford and then Rayshon Nichols and then Isaiah Mack. Like each one of those guys made a play in the game. So I think that's what was exciting to me to just say, hey, you got that kind of ability in your room in terms of depth. Um, and it was something that I think we saw, uh, you know, when we were during the offseason, we were watching some of McDonald's defense at Michigan that his interior guys on the D-line, they're important. You know, I know that Ajabo and Hutchinson got all the pub because, you know, they had all the sacks or whatever, but it's those interior guys that allow them the freedom to really go and kind of do their thing on the edge. Because those interior guys, he he asked a lot of them, I think, more than, than I realized. Um, he just he, he And it's good for the outside guys where he's like, hey, man, you, you win. Just win. You got to win inside. You got to win outside. Whatever you got to do, go win. And then he uses the interior guys to kind of cover it, make them right. So, uh, yeah. so <laughs> it's you, a lot of you, those guys. So you, you, you saw that a lot with these. And you saw it with Jones. You'll see it with, you know, my bouquet when he's playing, D tackle is going to have to be a little nimble in this in this defense in terms of their feet because they're going to be having the loop a lot. They're going to have to contain on the outside, and you, you're there's no more of these plotters that are going to show up in the Ravens defense anymore. They're going to sit on the nose and try to control things. No, this defense is going to move. This defense is has the ability to slant and 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 do things to hurt defenses, excuse me, hurt offenses in different ways. And you you saw a little bit of glimpse of that with the zone blitzes up front with Travis Jones getting out there and, and making that play and, and being nimble enough to get out there and do that. Um I I I'm gonna be sad to see how they're gonna like try to keep Crawford. I'm like, yeah, he could be in a rotation with a lot of different teams in the league right now on a consistent basis. Like he'd be a rotational D tackle (laughs) and anywhere else except here. Yeah. He, you know, he's, he's been around for a couple of years now um, injured last year. He called my eye back in 2020 in that Pittsburgh, that COVID game. Mm-hmm. Where so many the reserve guys had to play. He played, you know, a good amount of play well in the Colts game too. Yeah. So I mean, he's a guy. I remember him coming out of North Carolina, you know, as a UDFA, and I was like, man, this guy's got a little something to him. But mm-hmm. to your point, you look at who's ahead of him. I mean, you're talking about Pierce. You're talking about Matabike. You're talking about Jones. You know, Washington might 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 be you know ahead of him right now, or at least close to him. So he's he's kind of in that fourth slash fifth spot, and um, yeah. you know, it's gonna be interesting. I, I if you if you try to sneak him through to the practice squad, I don't know that he would make it. No. You know, with what he's shown right like right now. I mean, they still got two preseason games to go, and maybe things go the other way for him. I hope they don't. But you know, if it were right now, and you had to make that move right now, I don't think you could get him through to the practice squad. I think somebody would snatch him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's going to be a competition to keep an eye on throughout a couple of games. All right, so let's go to 
one of the positions near and dear to your heart, linebacker. And we, we'll lump inside and outside guys together. Yeah. Uh, we, didn't, we didn't really talk about the outside guys. Um, what do you think about the linebacker group? Um, without Owe on the field, without Bowser on the field, you see the lack of explosion on the outside. Um, I mean, Delvin Hayes is probably his first game in you know quite some time, so it's going to be some ramp up time. But there wasn't a lot of explosion on the outside. You got a lot of pressure from the inside, which helped the outside guys get there. But I think you know having a consistent OA out there, and once Bowser's back. Um, or Jabo, whoever's the dude out there, I, I think that will look a lot better with consistent pressure from the outside. Um, in terms of inside, um, I would like to say, um, welcome, Mr. Harrison. You have been um, properly cast under the proper defensive coordinator who has put you in a position to say, be a heat-seeking missile and hit anything and everything that has a football. And that's what he did for the first quarter. And that's what he's best at. And I think they're going to have to make some decisions between him and, and, and Bynes if he keeps to keep going up and up and up. Yeah, let me let me jump in on Harrison because, like you said, for, for the early part of that game, I mean, my man was all over the field. He had that force fumble. Um, that, that Hamilton ended up recovering. Um, you know, I think that was on the Titans' first series, first or second series. It was early. Yeah. So Harrison had that. He had a tackle on special teams. Uh, he got after Willis one of those times when Willis got out, you know, where the interior guys kind of forced him to scramble out. Harrison kind of got out there on him. Um, I mean, he was active. He was super active. And that, like you said, that's, that's the player that we remember. You know, early in his rookie season, where he was really kind of flying around like that, um, and you know, it was good to see it. Man. I'm happy for him. Uh, I hope he keeps going uh, because, like you said, this is this is this is the guy that we always expected to see. Always knew was in there, right? We yeah. always knew that guy was in there. Uh, we just we just needed to uh, to see it the way that we did in that last game. So hopefully, he keeps going. Those outside guys. Um, yeah, you made an interesting point about not seeing the explosion with the guys that were there. Like Dalen Hayes, like you said, he's yeah, still working his way back. You know, first game in a long time since that Detroit game last year, actually. And then yeah. Stephen Williams, who they brought in from the Falcons, he's he's been around the league, but he's a bigger body type dude. He can rush. He's got a little fast rush to him, but you know, a little bit of a, of a bigger body um, kind of dude. Oway was in there for one snap. He was in there the first third down on the first. Yeah, he beat the he beat the right tackle. He had a nice move, and he spun back inside, and the right guard came over and popped him. <laughs> yeah, you're done. Get over here. Yeah. You're done. Go sit down. Yeah, we were like, oh, they're they're playing like that. Okay, let's let's go ahead and get you over here. Stand next to me. Let the yeah. get some work. Um, and then you know they had some of the uh, the undrafted guys. Chuck Wiley, who had a, an interesting day today, where they initially. Yeah, and then they said, no, 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 you come back. Come on back. You're good. We're not cutting you. Because uh, I think the other guy who they signed, uh, Trent Harris, he got there yeah. yeah, in practice. And so they needed Chuck to stick around. 
So Chuck and Jeremiah Moon, I think Jeremiah Moon flashed a little bit too. He had that roughing the passer penalty, unfortunately. He just needed to pull up there, but he flashed a little bit too. So, you know, some of their young outside backers got some run. The inside guys, I know one guy you want to talk about. We got, we got to talk about your guy, Josh Ross, right? Getting out there? He he, he played well. Um, I I think he, he was a little too aggressive in mm-hmm. times. Um, I think he played solid. I, I think a lot of the linebackers played solid in coverage. I think 48, I, his name escapes me right now. I mean, he, he played. He played decently well. I mean, here's what they're asking the inside linebackers to do, particularly in pass coverage: is not to jump stuff underneath. Don't get caught up in all that window dressing in front of us. Stay deep to short and tackle everything in front of us. And I think, you know, for the most part, there wasn't much action over the middle of the field. And I think that is one thing I wanted to see because for the last five years, this has been nothing but heartache and heartbreak. <laughs> the, the number of times teams just run down the seams and take 20-yard chunks and whenever they feel like it. So he played well. I think the linebackers played very well against the run. Um I think they got a lot of help with the the D line who established their their game quickly and and I don't think Tennessee's offensive line really wanted to get you know involved too much in the run game after that and then overall I was I was very satisfied with Mr. Ross and the and the rest of the group. Yeah, solid. I think solid is the best way to describe. Christian Welch was in there, you know, solid. We talked about Josh Rawls, Diego Fago from Navy, pretty solid. Fago, man, on special teams, too. That dude is a monster. I mean, he made, like, the first two tackles of special teams right out the gate. Um, and which, then, which makes Welch's position a little bit tenuous when you can bring in fresh meat and you got a guy where you can save a little extra cash or, you know what I mean? Like, those are the things yeah. you got to pay attention to. Yeah, because that was kind of Welch's thing, right? You were going to be a core special teamer, and then, you know, you probably could come in on in some defensive packages. But right. if you got a guy who could come in as a rookie, and he's making more plays on special teams than you, and, you know, he can he can kind of carve out that 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 package role defense too. <laughs> yeah. Welch got to be looking. He got to be looking over his shoulder a little bit right now. Even Zacoby McClain, he got in the game. He's a little quieter. You know, a little, a little bit more quieter game for him. But, um, you know, Welch has got a couple of dudes that he got to look over his shoulder at. For sure. So let's move on to the corners. We'll separate corners and safeties. I think yeah. yeah. Enough interesting stuff to talk about with each group. Um, so obviously, none of the none of the top guys play. Um you know, MP hadn't come off tough yet. He just came off today. Marlon obviously didn't play. Um, so you had guys like Kayvon Seymour, Robert Jackson, Pepe, Marion Williams. Pepe was in there, and Pepe played everywhere, man. Pepe played outside. He played nickel. He played safety. He played that <laughs> rover spot. Like, I, they're, lo- they're, they're looking. Look, yep. Looking to find out because he might be he might be the punt returner. 
Yeah, you got a punt return. Because if Duvernay is is that much involved in the offense now, you don't want you don't want him out there getting clipped. Now you're down with Wallace and and Bridges. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean that's that's something they're gonna have to think about because yeah, Duvernay. I mean, look, he's an All Pro returner, but if he's gonna have basically a starting role on offense. We've seen that in the past. Guys young in their careers who are really good returners and just had, you know, once they started to get a bigger role in offense, you had to make that choice. Like, hey, man, we're going to take you on punt return uh, just to preserve you for offense. So, yeah, we can see that. So, yeah, but Pepe, yeah, one that he actually returned and had a pretty decent return. I don't think he might have got 10, 15 yards, something like that. Another one he fair called that he probably should have. <laughs> like, you know, hey, catch it. That's, that's job number one, right? Yeah. Catch it cleanly. Uh, so, you know, you kind of learning, you know, get a, getting a feel for, you know, when you got time to, to run it back and when you don't. He's, he's still learning all of that in game conditions. I mean, this was his first game. And, you know, even Daryl Worley, uh, the old vet, Daryl Worley was, they, they had him last year. Um, and he got some run in that second Bengals game where everybody got lit up. Uh, in the secondary. But, you know, Worley got him a little easy interception. A vet playing in a preseason game like this. And I forget how many years Warren has been in the league, but when I saw that, I was like, yeah, that's that's the play he's supposed to make. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that, that's that old school to read, too. He, you know, he just kept sinking, kept sinking, and nothing shows itself, so it just kept sinking. And the quarterback was like, what are you doing there? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think he thought the receiver was going to stay inside. Like, the receiver had jumped outside and got back in. I think he thought he was going to stay in. But yeah. then he cut back outside. <laughs> he was like, whoa, yeah. where are you going? Where are you uh, going? <laughs> hey, hey, we'll take it. We'll take it every day, all day. But, yeah, I think, you know, to your point about how they're going to play their coverages, I think it can help the corners in some ways. It can it can make life a little easier uh, on them in some ways. Now, look, when they're in man up, you know, everybody knows what that is. It is what it is. Um, but they're a zone. And, we saw some of that two read stuff a couple times last night too. They played it a couple mm-hmm. times, um, so you know you can make life a little easier on them and give them some opportunities to jump some balls and make plays on some balls. So um, that's when I was watching the corners. That was kind of my takeaway. I was like, this was kind of a stress-free game for them in a lot of ways. They didn't have a ton of stress on. Them. No, they they the the way that McDonald has set up the defense in a sense is. You're going to have to hit those six-yard outs consistently to beat them. And then when you start throwing those six-yard outs, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to sit one high and one in the middle, and I'm going to force you with man coverage to be perfect. But mind you, I'm still going to take care of your crossers, so you're not going to get cheap stuff on me. You're going to have to go earn it out there on the outside. And now you're throwing out there with Peter's – who can jump stuff because he's got coverage over the top. And then Marlon Humphrey, who's just going to jack receivers up now because he's now, he knows he's got always going to have someone behind him. Yeah. We saw that on that play from uh, Pepe, that out. Yeah. That he broke on and could have picked it off, you know, if he, if he caught it. So, yeah, when, when you know you got somebody back there in the post and then you got all of that under zone coverage inside, you can play aggressively out there outside. So, that's going to be good for those guys because uh, they got some playmakers. You talked about the yes. game. No, they got some playmakers at corner. All right, let's let's jump on to the safeties. Uh, I think people were excited to see debut with Kyle Hamilton. Everybody wanted to see him out there. 
And, you know, he had that fumble recovery. So uh, obviously he's got those playmaking instincts. There's just certain things that, you know, you just can't teach. They're guys yeah. who just yes. have instincts for making plays. And he's he's yeah. one of those guys that has an instinct for making plays. And even though he may not have got a ton of action outside of that, I think the one thing that you could see, especially on the coaches' film, is that dude has got crazy range. <laughs> I mean, his range is crazy. He's he's, he's got to control a little bit, you know, when he's closing in on the ball, but he can get there. You can fix that. You can yeah. fix target points. You can fix what happened on on Willis's touchdown. I can. You can fix that. Just move his target point two yards outside where he was aiming. That's fixed. Now he's going to run through Willis the next time he sees him. What I enjoyed was watching him in coverage and being football smart and understand and looking up stuff. There's one clip I saw where it's basically NCAA where there's a drag and then there's a deep end coming in from the other side. He saw the drag leave. He's literally turns his head and finds the dig, rolls with him. And the, and the, and the beautiful part is you can see it from the rear view is the quarterback is watching it like, they don't do that in, normally in the pros. That that role and and being able to run with that tight end or a receiver across the middle of the field and make that a very tough throw or a throw that the quarterback's not going to make, those are the type of sacks. Those are when the strip fumbles come is when a quarterback has to pump one more time and then O.A. can get there with the strip. And there we go with that, that balance. So what I saw from him was beautiful. Everybody else might want to be like, oh, he's not having a great camp. If I'm not hearing his name, (laughs) that is a very good thing. That means he's in position. He's doing what he's supposed to do. He's making the plays he's supposed to be making, and he's forcing the quarterback to go somewhere else with the football. Yeah, I remember that play that you're talking about. And, yeah, when you see him turn his head, he knows. He's smart enough. He has enough football intelligence to know when that guy leaves, when that crosser comes across my face and he leaves, something's coming in. Coming. Coming hard. Go find it. Because sometimes that that guy's going to sit there and and sit. He's not going to keep coming across because now he's going to read you. Now he understands it. Now he's going to read off you. So now you got to go find that guy. So there's what happens. And we saw an example of how it could go the opposite way. It's a slightly different route combination, but Pepe was in the post. He was playing yeah. post safety one time, and they ran a little crosser in front of him and then ran that post behind him. He jumped that <laughs> crosser. Now, the quarterback had pressure, so he had to drop his eyes and he had to get out of it. But yeah. that post, that was a touchdown. That was six. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so there, there's an example of how it can work the other way. But those are the kind of plays with safeties where it's hard for people sometimes to really know if a safety is having a good game or not, because sometimes it's about just denying stuff, just taking yeah. stuff away. Taking you know, it away. never even gets thrown. And I used to talk about that. <laughs> I don't know, I'm going to mention this name. I used to talk about that world office when Earl was here. Because I used to say, look, there's no, there's no, maybe teams track it. You know, who knows? Teams track all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah. You know, they got the QCs and GAs doing all kinds of crazy stuff. But there is no publicly available stat that tracks. Routes not targeted, just throws right. not attempted. And safeties, a lot of it, 
when you're a guy who plays back there in the post and D middle, that's a lot of what you do. You're just taking stuff away. Mm-hmm. You know, so that those throws don't get attempted and the quarterback's got to either hold it, like you said, and then, you know, the rush can get to him or they got to go somewhere else with, you know, with the ball. So yeah. you may not hear his name, but that doesn't mean he's not doing his job. Yeah. So that was right. a good thing for me. And then, you know, we got to see TJ get in there and mix it up and do what he does best. Come downhill and stick. Oh, using TJ properly. Using him where he was brought on this earth to do, which is be an enforcer in the box, take away the hook, curl flat, and be that tone setter that you have missed for years in the secondary. That's that's who he is. And what they try to do with him with the Dean Pease was a disservice. Not because he couldn't do it. Because it made him average, if you, for lack of a better word, not the, not the up and coming, destructive force that he was coming with to us from Arizona. And now he's in a defense that is tailor made for dudes who just want to come up and smack people, because <laughs> everything is going to be in front of you. Yeah, and you make that's a great point about that. Um, the way you framed it. Not that he couldn't play back, but you're gonna ask him to do something that he admitted himself wasn't a strength. He talked about um when he came from Arizona having to learn how to play, you know, the deep half and some of the some of the different responsibilities on the back end. He said, I didn't I wasn't asked to do that in Arizona. So he said, I had to learn how to do that. And he said it basically took him like his first two years here mm-hmm. to really get comfortable. With that, but yeah, just because you know, it's, if we talk about it all the time, it's like being right-handed and somebody asks you to write with your left hand. It's not that you can't write with your left hand; you can, but it's not going to be as good. Uh, right. <laughs> right. Right. So, right. Yeah, so it's not about it's not about him not being able to do it. It's like, hey, let's ask him to do the things that he's really, really good at. Really good at. Yeah, and put him in more of those positions. And before we leave the safeties, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Geno Stone. Um, we got to talk know, about him too. Yeah, had himself a game. I mean, the interception, uh, coming downhill, making tackles, dropping back, deflecting balls in the end zone. I mean, Gino uh, was, this, was very this active. Is he, this is what he played in Iowa. This is a scheme of defense he played in Iowa, which you can be physical in the box. There's enough rotations, enough schemage where you can cover up where he may lack in terms of getting depth from, from the line of scrimmage. But now you have Kyle Hamilton and Marcus Williams, so you don't have to ask him to do that. He can be a half-field safety because he's very good with his football sense. He understands leverage and what he can and cannot do. And he's going to get there because he understands what the offense is trying to do. And you can see that just because of the way he just – he was downhill on that one. He's, he's understanding the coverage – and where the quarterback's going with the ball so he can he can drive on it the extra count quicker than you could say in Wings defense last year. Because you didn't know what the cat next to you were doing, what the guy beside you were doing. No, we're all we're all on the same page. Yeah, he looked really comfortable in that game. Very That's good. what kind of stood out to me. I was like, I don't see the indecision. 
I don't see the indecisiveness. Um, he looked very comfortable. Hey, see it, go get it. And uh, like you said, this is this is a structure, a defensive structure, and a philosophy, really, um, that he's familiar with, and that I think he can excel in. So, you know, that's good. We talked about it with the defensive line. Safety is going to be another group where you know they can they can go three, four, even five safety deep. Certainly, three, four guys deep um, yeah. in that safety room, and they're all quality players. These, these are guys that you know could be a part uh, of the rotation anywhere in the week. Some of them maybe even start. As the second yeah. team, you know, a certain, a certain team. So um, it's a good problem to have. Those are always good problems. If you feel like, hey, we got a lot of good players and we got to make decisions, that's always a good problem to have. Right, um, right. As, as as opposed to being in the other situation where you're like, man, we ain't got nobody who can play. Yeah. <laughs> situation. We're just going to sit in this four, four shell and just let dudes just run by us. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole other situation to be in. So I like where I like where they at right now. Uh, and you just never know. You know, injury is always right around the corner. Unfortunately, that's just how it goes in this yep. game. So you try to build depth as much as you can. You try to build quality depth, not just you know whoever. <laughs> what is yeah. the door DoorDash, the DoorDash corners? <laughs> just try to get DoorDash corners. Uber Eats. You talk about throwing dudes under the bus, man. These guys, you coach, them, you just call them. Kind of all, all, the <laughs> all, all any player has to do, if you want to recruit against Wink, is throw up the clip against the Bears, where he yeah. literally left dude out there who had played in like six weeks. Yeah, all by himself. <laughs> now look, Chris Westry. I forget where he was. I think he was with Dallas or maybe Carolina. I can't remember where he was recently, but he just he got released recently. Do you think he goes to the Giants? <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> you probably want to retire instead of go up there and get torched again. No, they say you're not gonna have me out here looking stank. I can't. Oh my goodness. There ain't, oh. no there ain't no way. All right, so two more Wait, things no before we get out of here. Um, yes. so we're right about thirty minutes, so we can keep this one tight. Um, we got a question. Yes. From a friend of the show, Chris Aguilera at Chris Just Joking um, on Twitter. I'm only saying it to remind myself. I'm, I'm going to ask the other thing first, but I want to remind myself that I got Chris's question. The other thing I want to get to before we, we get to his question is, uh, and we talked about this a little bit in the pre-show, uh, kind of high-level scheme thoughts that you have about the defense. We talked about it being preseason and, you know, hey, you're not going to show all your cards necessarily in the preseason. But you made an interesting point about things that Mike McDonald is going to fight to protect, fight to hold on to. What, what did you mean by that? What I meant was there, there are any defensive coordinator, you got some core values, some core things that you, you know that you need to do to make your defense successful. You kind of saw those things, which is controlling the middle of the defensive line like that is number one. Like I need bodies who can go in there and 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 hold ground and and make plays. And then the other thing that I saw was he is going to fight tooth and nail to control the middle of the field. And I'm talking from five yards deep all the way down, fifty yards down the field. You watch a lot of that football game on on Thursday night. They had layers 
of defenders in the middle of the field. Even when they were in man coverage underneath, we used to call it in college cover seven, which is a middle of the field guy and then another guy, 10, you know, 15 yards, low hole guy closer to the line of scrimmage. Literally, that guy who's closer to the line of scrimmage is taking away any type of drags, helping any problems that come across. And then the deep middle guy, he's taking anything over the top. I saw that consistently. And I think Mike McDonald's basically saying, listen, you're not coming in the middle of the field. You're going to have to beat me throwing the football and attacking my strength, which is my corners. So have fun. Enjoy that because you're not going to throw the ball in the middle of the field. And it's, that's, that's the tone I got from watching Mike McDonald call a football game and watch how this team – did that, and and they had a couple breaks here and there, and you saw Geno Stone correcting John Ross one time, like, you, you, you just can't jump that. Like, that doesn't matter to us. Him catching a three- and four-yard play, Joe Facco fans, just, just throwing <laughs> that out there. You're going to see a lot of that, and you're going to be like, why is Joe 25 of 30 for 110? That's why. Which it makes sense. I mean, it makes it makes total sense. Um, you know, when you think about it, those throws outside, those are the lower percentage throws. Just mm-hmm. the throw, right? Yep. Even if you factor out, you know, who the corner is out there. Obviously, they've got good corners. Even if you factor that out, that's just a lower percentage throw, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to throw it outside, outside the numbers, further down the field. You know, if you can throw slants and hitches and quick inbreakers. Okay, yeah, that's that's high percentage. Like you said, we'll come up, we'll tackle. Yeah. Um so it just makes a lot of sense and it should it should make us all, you know, a lot less stressed during the games because you talked about the middle of the field problems that we've seen here on defense for years too. Um uh, you know so many big plays in the middle of the field, especially I I don't know the numbers, but I'm just saying emotionally it feels like so many of those came on like third down too. Sometimes <laughs> third long, right? And like, man, chill here, we're good. And then somebody gets like a 15 yard, 20 yard in the middle of the field. Some random like, dig route. You're like, where is the linebacker? And he's sitting there taking a, a play action pump fake to a third and twelve. Like or or better yet, we're 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 bringing six and playing fire zone. Hmm. Anyway, you got somebody you got somebody driving on a running back in the flat in his third and twelve. <laughs> Open it up. Open it driving up like he's gonna make the World Series tackle of the century. Yeah, opening up a scene. I can I can picture that so many times in my head now where somebody will drive, will fly out of the middle of the field and run to that flat. Right. They open up the curl, they open up the slant, they open up the dig. And I'm like, just sit. Sit. You know what I mean? Sit back there, cook in that stuff, take away those those routes I just talked about, and then react to the flat. If he throws it out there, fine. Let's go get it. But, but that's that was the scheme they were in, which is that back goes to the flat. You gotta go right now. I can't you can't slow drag it, you can't slow play it, you can't fake or anything. You gotta go. And you don't think teams knew that <laughs> in certain situations? <laughs> they definitely do. They hundred percent uh, <laughs> with you the whole game. We saw it time and time again. So, 
Uh, that, that's a great that's a great point um, that you made about seeing that. So um, let's get on to Chris's question now, and then we can go ahead and wrap the show up. So uh, here's Chris. I want to I want to make sure I quote it. Uh, he said, "From a coach's perspective, how do you talking to Janelle, anticipate the lack of physicality in practice to affect the defense early in the season?" For those who maybe haven't heard, uh, Ravens have made some adjustments. Uh, during their practices this year, not just at you know in terms of the time that they start practice, they're starting practice you know in the afternoon, but they also just haven't done as much hitting. They haven't had they haven't been in pads as much, and so you know you can think about uh, people watching the early part of the season, and maybe you know you see some missed tackles here and there, and you say, "See, I told you, I told you, being less physical in practice was going to come back to haunt them." But then again, Chris makes the point that hey, these are those same people who are like, "Hey, remember all the injuries in previous years? Hard, he needs to ease up in practice." So, so what do you think about that? This, this different approach of maybe not doing as much, uh, full con- having as much contact periods. I don't have an issue with it, and I'll 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 say it like this: is first of all, you're professionals. You didn't get in the league without tackling. Now, by saying that, there are a lot of people who suck at tackling around the NFL football, around football. But let's not get confused with physicality in practice and the physicality in the game. There are ways to practice tackling in terms of individuals, individual grouping, individual things to do. That stuff will come. In terms of that translating into games, here's where there's a difference in philosophy and which is going to help the defense early on in the season in terms of missed tackles. If you're not bringing six to seven and coming from different directions, there's not a lot of one-on-one tackling. When you're in zone coverage, there's at least two or three bodies that are going to be around you. So if until I'm up to speed, per se, I'm still going to go full steam. Now, I may miss a tackle, but guess what? He's going to change direction. And I got two guys and the rest of the squad running to the football. So during practice, we're doing a whole bunch of pursuit drills, a lot of cover down drills, and running to the football. A lot of that is during conditioning portions, which is does doubly what you needed to do, which is Get guys running to the football, taking great angles to the ball, but also incorporating your conditioning into a football skill, which is what these players have been asking for for years. So now, as Harbaugh would like to say, these are grown men. Treat them like grown men. If I give you this and you continue to perform at a good level, guess what? I'm going to give you more. I'm going to keep giving you more. As soon as the slack, I'm going to pull back a little bit. I'm not going to take it away, but we're going to reset. We're going to start tackling a little bit, not put on the pads, but we're going to go back into individuals. We're going to wrap up. We're going to use our arms. What I saw on the game on Thursday was not a lot of arm tackling. A lot of people bringing their whole bodies to the party because you know there are going to be people around the party. There's not just going to be you having to make a hero tackle third and four 
on a blitz check on a running back who's getting paid seven million dollars to make you look like a fool. Like, no, you're gonna have friends. So there may be missed tackles per se, but I wouldn't worry about it as much as in previous years because of change in scheme. Yeah, that's what I always looked for was, is this an individual tackle? Overfield, you're in space by yourself. That's hard in any situation, mm-hmm. but particularly at the NFL level. These guys are just hard to tackle. Okay, They're yeah. very hard to tackle when you're in space. But I can think of a couple of instances in that preseason game. One is coming to mind now where I can, I can picture Geno Stone went to a corner who was outside him saying, hey, no, no, stay outside, stay outside, because Geno Stone was yeah. in him. And it's just leverage tackling. It's just like, hey, yeah. we're going to have a guy inside, we're going to have an outside guy, and then we're going to have a guy attack the ball. It's the three-cone deal. It's the point man and your wing dudes. Point man presses while everybody can trust contracts. Yeah. And, and it's just how zone works. Is You got the, D, the DN. If it's thrown to the flat, you got the corner, the DN, and the safety breaking, or the the linebacker coming. Three points of pressure. Everybody's coming. Like that's that's why good zone teams are good tackling teams. Hey, we talked. How many times have we talked about the Bills and the Colts? Oh, oh, they did tackling <laughs> the teams. Get them on the ground. Yeah, like that's, yeah. They, look, look, they got some. They got some great individual players. You know, Darius Leonard obviously is a great individual player. Um, you know, the Bills have got some some good, but but it's really it's that team concept. And like you said, it's understanding where your help is, understanding your leverage. Uh, I remember watching something this summer, one of the coaching clinics I was watching this guy. He said, look, people come here and they talk about a lot of different things. Some people get into schemes, some people get into techniques. He said, I'm gonna take it way back to the basics. I'm gonna talk about leverage. And he just showed a bunch of clips of where guys had good leverage on the ball and where guys had bad leverage on the ball. And he's like, this is so fundamental to being able to make tackles, which is where everything starts. Right. You have tackle. <laughs> the tackle guys. But he says, this is where it starts. And you really raise your percentage of, or, or let me flip it the other way. You really reduce the amount of missed tackles that show up when you do it the way that you just described. You know, yes. When there's a lot of one-on-one situations, that's a damn coin flip in the NFL. Right. <laughs> a lot right. of times, it's not right. even a coin flip. It favors the offensive guy. A lot how, of how many times did we see on fourth, um, third and six, a tight end or a running back catching the ball on the flat with a corner coming up to basically say, stop that dude at a full speed, one-on-one, in open field and keep him? Like, that's... That's low percentage defense on third down. And I think that was probably the one thing that bothered Harbaugh the most. Wasn't so much the blitzing and the and being ultra aggressive. It was those third down plays where you know they're going to the flat and you're putting Marcus Peters against George Kittle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, number one, it's one-on-one situation, which like I said, it can be a damn coin flip in the NFL. But number two. And this is no disrespect to Marcus Peters or any other corners out there. Right. Look, Marlon Humphrey's a good corner, but corners are typically your worst tacklers on defense. Because right. <laughs> that's not what you're asking them to do. I need Chuck Clark and, and Kyle Hamilton, who's sitting in the flat waiting for him, 
to be able to stand him up, and then the friends can show up. Like, that's why you talk about this a lot, which is matchups. This league is turning more and more and more into matchups. And I think you even saw it a little bit more. You'll see it a little bit more now with, you know, Kyle Hamilton sitting behind the linebackers and basically playing spy and coming from seven yards deep and can pick off anything. That's matchups. That's what this NFL has turned into. And if you've got tight ends who are running, I mean, you got Will Likely for trying out loud. You're going to have him on a, on a 6-1 corner? No. Not in the flat. Like, he's going to win that one 99% of the time. Now, if I got Kyle Hamilton out there in the flat, now I got a 50-50 proposition. Okay. Better man's going to win on this play. Leverage is going to win better on this play. We saw that in that Titans playoff game. Remember in the second half, they started throwing those 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 outs, those flats to Patrick Ricard? And yeah. now you got a 300-pound dude out there with your yeah. – <laughs> He wasn't no part of that dude. He wasn't no, no part of that dude. I'm going to you until you make a, like a change. And it never changed. <laughs> they think it's like his orbit. No, they 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 basically had one drive, and I think it was maybe the first or second drive coming out of halftime. They threw it down two or three times in a row. And they're just saying, hey, we're just going to keep making this corner make a tackle, or he's going to miss a tackle, or he's going to break it, or McCarthy's going to break a tackle. Yeah. You know, that that was kind of what jump-started their offense. Um, yeah. Drive. But, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, man, look, you, you said it. I mean, I this is not a, a new thing. I, I've been reading this book over the summer by Steve Owen, guy who used to coach the Giants back in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. And he said it back then. I mean, he wrote his book in the 50s, and he said he learned it from a coach uh, who was coaching him when he was in college in the 30s and 20s. He said, look, football is matchup and adjustment. That's it. That's what it always has been. Always <laughs> it is matchup and adjustment. Uh, he said you can talk about all the schemes in your world, but if, if you don't have the players, then you don't matter. <laughs> so uh, right now I think we're, we're hopefully seeing a good combination of they've obviously got talented Ravens, obviously got talented players on defense, and then a scheme that that suits the guys that they have, you know, right. the talent that the guys have. So uh, that's going to be exciting. We got two more preseason games to go. Uh, they're going out to Arizona next week. I don't know if we're going to see Hollywood in that game, but uh, <laughs> it'll be interesting. Uh, Is he on pup right now? Oh, well, that's right. That's right. He might still be on pup. So. And and still driving 130 miles an hour. Car wash junior. Slow down, man. Be safe out there. I know you was late for something, but be safe out there, brother. You know, a lot of bad things can happen when you're doing that place. Um it's, I guess it's interesting, go. It's interesting go that um players leave this place sometimes and the warts just show up so quickly. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it reminds me of uh my team. Man, when Le'Veon and A.B. got out of here, <laughs> you, didn't hear none of that. you didn't hear none of that stuff when they were there. And then it just went crazy when they started going to other play. I mean, a little bit of A.B. at the end. He started to leave with the end of the Steelers, you know, with the video in the, in the locker room. He started to act a little bit crazy. Yeah. You didn't hear anything like the stuff that we've seen since then. <laughs> no, but, but to his credit during that, during that, they were not paying him. So that yeah. was him kind of acting like, like, wait a minute. I've been a model citizen around here 
for eight plus, like what it was at that point, like eight years at that point, and they wouldn't pay him. And he was just like, hold up. <laughs> I'll be the real AB now. Thank you. Yeah, he talked about that on one of these podcasts I, I, he did, where he got, when he did get his first contract, I get, who else was there? Emmanuel Sanders was there and Mike. Is that Plexico? No, he was, this was, so this was after Plex. Okay. Was after Plex. So it was Mike Wallace, it was Emmanuel Sanders, and it was AB. And AB got the contract over, I don't know if he got it over Mike Wallace or over May, but he got it, it was over Mike Wallace because Mike Wallace guys. came here. He got it over the other two guys. And he said, yeah. this is just this is just AB. I'm not saying whether it's it's right or true or whatever. But he just said, look, they all started hating on me. <laughs> started hating. Because he said, I'm the young guy, right? The, the late draft, the late round draft guy. I'm coming in, I'm balling, I'm making plays and can't, and then I get the contract first. And now everybody's looking at me like, these other dudes been here. How come this young dude is getting contract? Yeah. So he felt like everybody was hating on him. And so, you know, that's his whole mindset. It's like the whole whole world is yeah. jealous. And, and I would like to correct that Mike Wallace went to Miami first. Yeah. Then came to Baltimore. So he got paid by Miami and then he got like cut two years later. And he actually had a pretty good couple years here in Baltimore. Yeah, you know, it was okay. Had some plays, made some plays here and there. But yeah. to your point, yeah, sometimes these guys they they leave here. And you see some things. <laughs> to do some things. <laughs> yeah, that you, you didn't necessarily see here. So hey, I wish I wish Hollywood nothing but success, man. I hope he has a good season. I think like all the guys must have leave here. It's like, look, I'm not I'm not gonna be somebody that's you know gonna wish bad things on these guys, whatever. You know what I mean? Look, Right. Be healthy, play well, you know, be able to take care of their families and you know have a job. You know? So yeah, I'm not I'm not going down that route with these guys. But, hey, we'll probably do another one of these, or maybe another two of these, probably after each preseason game. So um if you got questions, do what Chris did. Hit Denard up <laughs> and we put it on show. Hit me up at Abukari, A-B-U-K-A-R-I on Twitter. Um, you know, and we can we can kick those questions around and share our perspectives. I never like to say answer because I'm like, I can't. Maybe you can. You're more qualified to answer questions. I can't answer stuff. I wow. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, you know, I don't know. I'm just sharing my opinion. Man. Uh, I'm not in any of these rooms. I don't work with these teams. I don't know. So <laughs> I'm just sharing my but, but send your question. That's probably not a great uh, sales job on, on getting no. <laughs> Send your question. <laughs> Send your questions in anyway, and anyway. we'll say some stuff about we'll say some stuff about your question. How about that? Yes. How about that? Uh, how about that? <laughs> All right. With that, that means it's time to get out of here. Hey, everybody! Don't forget like, subscribe, download, tell a friend to tell a friend. Until next time, you guys be good out there. We are out of here.